Hi everyone, I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome back to our podcast Books and Beyond with Bound season 4 where we speak to some of the finest writers in India to find out what makes them tick. Yes, and we are editors, podcasters and storytellers and through Bound we help you create stories and put them out into the world. Yeah, actually we have a very different guest today. She is a unique film critic and she is going to let us walk through the sets of some of the biggest blockbusters in film history. It's none other than Anupama Chopra. So I'm sure you guys know her as the founder of Film Companion, but her book, her latest book, A Place in My Heart, covers her life in the world of film. So it's about how she got into it, why she stayed in this industry for so long, what's her process of film critiquing, so so much quality and thought goes into it. and how her love for films grows every single day so it was it's such an interesting topic yeah and tara i'm super excited to talk to her because you know i mean films and tv like right now they are the biggest thing right i mean we can't deny that and actually reading her book you know made me feel like i'm in a theater like i'm sure that speaking to her will feel like i'm in the behind the scenes of you know some of the most popular films in cinema today Yeah and you know what i really liked about the book is that it covers all these different films from different timelines and she has her own unique method of looking and deconstructing a film you know just how we deconstruct books she does that with movies and i found that so fascinating also we get to meet some very famous celebs in the book <laughs> which is very interesting and very evocative writing Yeah yeah and you know talking about celebs i think for me the most memorable scene was the one where you know she shared this experience with Priyanka Chopra about her work ethic my gosh so i think you know anupama's expertise as a film critic or a film reviewer really comes across on the page and you know so for example i want to ask her so many questions like what makes an unbiased critic how many films should you actually have watched to become an actual critic you know there's so much to unpack in our conversation absolutely um and so you know coming to films with a big audience i also want to reach out to all those authors out there you know there's so many books there's so much content out there and it's so difficult to reach the right people um so to solve that problem to solve this visibility problem in this content boom we offer book marketing services so if you, if we really like your book we do this for books we believe in we help it to reach the right audiences because you know we've been speaking to readers um and we aim to start conversations around it that really cut through the noise so if you're interested you can find more details about that in our show note okay so now let's just get straight into it 1 2 3 camera action welcome to books and beyond anupama very very excited to have you here today thank you tara thank you for having me okay so our first question is a very simple one you know you've said in the book that our everybody's earliest movie experiences are all about pleasure so what was your first movie moment what i remember clearly and what are my earliest movie memories are one of shole Uh, I don't remember watching the film in a theater, but I remember being very afraid of the soundtrack uh, that played when Gabbar walked in. You know, Gabbar's signature tune. Uh, so I remember that as a very clear memory. Uh, and I have um, my other favorite—not oh, favorite, but earliest movie memory—is of watching Star Wars, uh, the first Star Wars film. Uh, you know, and when the scroll kind of began, I. I 
remember being completely kind of stumped by just how beautiful it was, how gorgeous it was, and um, just feeling like something, the world has changed in some way. So Shole and Star Wars, which is a pretty good place to th- start, no? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, it made me think about uh, my childhood. So I mean, even though I was not uh, raised in India, you know, we mm-hmm. had Bollywood movies playing on a channel. So I was born and brought up in Bahrain. And over there, we had a channel, I think it was channel 55. Every Wednesday, there would be a Bollywood movie that would play. And that's how I actually learned Hindi um, growing up. But I don't remember a specific movie, but I think Shole has always been there as this classic um, throughout. Right. So, so Anupama, you know, you have been a film critic for a very, very long time. Earlier, it was through print. And now, you know, it's through YouTube, through Film Companion. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, film critique has evolved for you? Like, for example, what is the framework of reviewing a film? You know, um, I feel like I'm uh, an eternal student, right? Uh, So for me, one of the great gaps I feel in my education has been that I didn't do film studies, uh, that I didn't actually, uh, you know, study cinema. I I wish I had, uh, but I I did a bachelor's in English literature and then a master's in journalism. Uh, So my uh, entry into film critiquing came from being a film reporter. You know, it was like, She's covering cinema anyway. Why? And this is, you know, I'm talking about 25 years ago uh, when there wasn't sort of, uh, even now, there's not a lot of people who think you need any kind of criteria or any kind of background to be able to review films. I think everyone thinks that there's an op- you, you have an opinion on film and you should express it. Uh, so my framework has evolved in the sense that the more experienced I've become, the more aware I've become of how little I know. So I'm constantly trying to read and watch and analyze because uh, I understand that there is such a long way to go. There's so much more depth that can come into my reading of a film. And and that's what I really aspire to. Uh, That's what I try and do. I'm constantly reading, uh, you know, sort of the great critics of the world, uh, constantly trying to be better at what I do. So the framework has evolved. Uh, considerably. Uh, You know, in the beginning, it was just very much a gut response. Did I like it? Did I not like it? And it still is very much a gut response. But now I want, like a lawyer, to be able to explain why I like something or didn't like it. You know, I want to make a case for my response. Uh, And that, I think, is the big uh, evolution. Yeah, sorry. Certainly, that's like the biggest difference, you know, between critiquing something because, uh, you know, we are also book editors. So we also go from that place of, you know, I like this or that gut reaction to then figuring out how did the author evoke these emotions or what tools were, was the author uh, using. And, and that only comes from, you know, as you said, reading, watching, analyzing kind of constantly. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I really loved your book because it was not only critiques, but it was these memories that you had this nostalgia about iconic Bollywood films. There are 51 chapters and, uh, you know, each chapter gives us an insight into your creative personality. You also have chapters about Can and Mami, Priyanka Chopra, Amitabh Bachchan, uh, as well as, you know, critiques uh, uh, from sort of uh, across genres of films. So how did you choose what to include in the book? What, what was the structure? How did the structure come to you? 
you know uh, the structure actually was there right from the beginning so the book kind of arose out of conversations i had with mili aishwarya who is my editor at penguin india and uh, you know we wanted I, i i was i haven't written a book for many many years uh, and i've spent the last 7 years being a digital first journalist and um, as much as i love it what it does is give you um, the attention span of a goldfish right <laughs> because you're just going from one thing to the next there's instant gratification you shoot an interview next day it's up you've got your comments you've got twitter you've got instagram and you know book writing is a very different muscle uh, book writing is uh, the long distance run uh, you know you have to be able to sit there and work at it for months on end and then hope that a few people will read it a few people will find it interesting so it's it's a it's a very lonely business it's really a labor of love because god knows there isn't any money in it at least not for the kind of books i do uh, so for for me the structure actually came out of the fact that i didn't think i would have the focus to write a run on book of whatever 50000 words right uh, i hope that will happen i i did it with shole i had done it with my book on ddlj my book on sharukh khan but that was you know 10 years ago 15 years ago uh, so we decided that okay let's take baby steps back into writing books uh, let's do a sort of a listicle right but the only way to give heft to a listicle is a if what you're talking about is uh, substantial what you're bringing in is a kind of you know so much experience so many memories because i've done this for so long uh, and that was really where the structure came out from it was my own uh sort of sense of inadequacy in terms of committing <laughs> to a longer form but the idea of writing a thousand fifteen hundred words just seemed manageable i was so so stressed about like can i can i go straight into thirty thousand i don't think so yeah uh, actually that's such a smart way if you think about it you know making a list and then uh tackling it you know one by one um and you've used uh so many angles to analyze you know all these um really famous movies um in your book uh, but one thing that really stayed with me was the character sketches right you talk about characters in, in in these movies and you know we because we are bookworms we just love characters right be it fictional or be it you know real people mm-hmm. because i think anybody who reads your book be it writers or film enthusiasts you know both of them will love it so what according to you are the basics of a well written character and which is your favorite character from all the movies you've seen so far my god that's a really tough one honestly i can't pick a specific character as as my favorite because there's so many and you know the thing is even if you a first of all it's almost impossible to even pick a favorite film right <laughs> because there's so many so imagine uh, picking your favorite character but i think what makes a character is three dimensionality right uh, i'm not a big big person uh, for likability i don't think characters necessarily need to be likable or even relatable but they have to have depth they have to have this dimension that can kind of takes them from being uh, sort of two dimensional uh, you know uh, sketch pen kind of things to people that you can feel and people you can know and and of course uh, i think uh, in books you do it very differently because there are no visuals involved uh then in films uh but even there even with visuals i think if a character the character first has to pop off the page i don't think that if the character is flat on a page he or she can ever really resonate with audiences 
uh, you know, it begins from the script. Oh, that's that's very interesting. I never, you know, think about movies in this way. Um, and it reminded me of what you said about Priyanka Chopra and her and her character Neetras, uh, which was sort of like a villainous character. And I remember watching that movie when I was, I think. Fifteen or sixteen, and absolutely loving it because I've never seen, uh, you know, Priyanka do something like this. But you know, I also want to go to your interviews. So we are usually used to seeing a lot of this tabloid kind of culture in Bollywood. This paparazzi, you know, people not respecting celebrity boundaries. But what Mishar and I, we love watching your interviews because you always stay true to your style. Uh, you know, you ask. Questions that I don't see a lot of other, you know, inter- interview shows asking. So, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you have learned about interviewing to your experience? Uh, especially, you know, it would help us because we are also interviewers. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. That's that's very very generous of you to say that. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, truthfully, in terms of technique, I don't know any other way. especially on digital i've learned that you should first be authentic to who you are you know so don't try and be cooler than you are or smarter than you are uh, you know uh, just be be who you are and bring curiosity and bring information to the conversation uh, i think what is extremely putting off for anybody who's being interviewed is lack of knowledge on the part of the interviewer uh, if you don't know anything about this person or if you haven't done your homework i think it shows and i think it also uh, enables people to then stay at a very surface level they don't need to dig deeper in into themselves because you haven't dug deeper right so i think if if the only way to kind of bring depth to interviews is really to uh, first do the deep digging yourself uh, you know kind of and and really think about what are you curious about you know what are the questions that you want answered uh, and i think if you lead from that you know how filmmakers say that make the film you want to see i think ask the questions that you genuinely want answers to uh, and of course do your homework do your research uh, i think otherwise it's just too sloppy you know you ask somebody for time uh, you shouldn't waste it yeah i think uh, that is that is fundamental right but also i i like how you even Uh, innovate on that, right? So it's it's very important to not just stick to a certain pattern. And and I think that was um uh, where you know I had seen the Vicky and Katrina special where they both find out more about each other. And I've been rewatching that ever since uh they got married. But what I liked was you know how you don't just stick to one format that you bring up, but you keep innovating with different things to I think you know broaden your horizon uh as an interviewer as well. Yeah. Absolutely no. On on the wiki that that specific show that was called Tape Cast, and they were two of the guests on an episode. Uh, but you know, for me, that format is also very interesting, where you prompt questions and they speak to each other. Because sometimes the lack of a third person actually enables a deeper conversation. Yeah, yeah, I really liked you know inserting the tape into the tape recorder. That was really interesting. Like took me back to the nineties <laughs> actually. that yeah. was actually tanmay bhat's idea this is uh, this is a show we did along with oml uh, and this was his idea and he you know i think the name also came from him tape cast yeah there's something quite fascinating about <laughs> about the format and even uh, you know i really like speaking of interviews and going a little off topic i i love the one where you did 
with uh, Priyanka Chopra, where you followed her around in New York. Um, that was also a really insightful way into somebody's life, which was not sort of, you know, paparazzi all the time. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, no, I, I want, you know, and it's very tough because uh, most of the people I interview, uh, are very often at least, they are people who are in the news a lot. Um, so it's not like uh, you don't know, you know, a lot about them. So I'm, I'm always looking to find uh, a new way in. Uh, for me, that's really the the exciting challenge. And, you know, that actually brings us to our next question because, you know, you do deal with a lot of people and we know that, you know, relationship management or people management is something which is a very, very big part of your role, right? Um, so we wanted to know how do you balance being a critic? So, for example, if there is a work that you, you know, maybe did not like as much as you expected, but then you also probably don't want to disappoint that person. So how do you manage both no, you know, you can't, uh, you cannot come to a review from a place of not wanting to disappoint anyone. Uh, that you can't do. You have to be honest to how you feel. Um, you have to also be respectful. You have to bring rigor into it. You cannot just dismiss somebody's years of work as, oh, it's boring or, oh, it's this or, oh, it's that, right? Uh, as I said before, you have whatever your position is, you have to be able to explain why it did work or did not work or whatever it did to you, what buttons did it push. And, but that response, you cannot mitigate depending on whether you know the person, don't know the person, you want to stay friends, don't want to stay friends. Uh, I don't think that works. Uh, I have uh, never, ever approached it like that. Because if you start to create guardrails for yourself, depending on your relationships with artists a that's just dishonest fundamentally to what you do and b it's also dishonest to the people who are listening to you uh, so i just think that you have to say your truth um, and you know people do get offended people do stop speaking to you i there have i've gone for years without speaking to certain artists you lose access uh, but that's what you sign up for you you cannot ever say i will not be truthful or I will uh, in any way blunt what I need to say because I know so-and-so or because so-and-so might get mad and is a big star. I don't think you can do that. I think then just be a reporter, right? You, everybody doesn't have to be a film critic. Um, but if you are a film critic, you have to speak your truth. And I think that's why, you know, uh, 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 your audience is responding so well. You know, like I know I'll always sort of go to your... Um, you know, reviews, because I trust what you say. And I remember reading, I remember when Sacred Games had come out and you would put something up, you had said that I'm not reviewing this because it's made by my family and you don't critique films made by your family. And that's where sort of I realized also that, you know, you really think about biases and, and are somebody who tries to keep yourself neutral. So that's quite interesting. Thank you, Tara. But, you know, I have to tell you, I, I have so many people saying to me, but why? You know, why can't you review a film Vinod has produced? Why can't you review Sacred Games? Why can't you review Three Idiots or PK or Sanju? And I, I, I don't even know why people don't understand. It's a fundamental conflict of interest. How can you review something that you're either invested in emotionally or financially or that benefits you? You know what I'm saying? So how can you believe me if I tell you <laughs> that, you know, that Lagero Munnabai is a great film. 
you know, the fact that the film is a hit benefits me directly. So I, I don't know what, what is the difficulty of this position, but I get people getting very angry with me that why would you not uh, review all of these things? Yeah, it's, it's just an opinion economy. Uh, but speaking yeah. of opinions, you know, I I, uh, I really like the review of K3G. Um, so I was obviously drawn to all of the 90s movies. Um, and you said that when you first reviewed it, uh, Rohan and Poo are uh, underwritten. And the second half you said was synthetic. And then right. you said that, uh, you know, you've come to love it over the years uh, even though it might still be overblown and then you, you know, describe how it's grown on you. Um, and I was just very curious about that. I remember it's one of those movies that just hits you. I remember my dad was watching it with me and he's never the type to cry and he was just bawling in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was curious, you know, how does it, you know, like how do your opinions change or how does this, how does this grow on you? What was it? You know, uh, you respond to a film depending on who you are at that specific moment in time, uh, you know, and people change, you change, you evolve, your, your, uh, your pleasures change, your responses change. Um, and I think at, at that point, when I first saw it, uh, it just seemed too much candy floss. And, and you know, if, if I have to sort of hypothesize why that might be, perhaps it was because we were just coming off of an entire decade of candy floss films. You know, uh, post DDLJ, all we had seen was movies about very pretty people wearing all these fashionable clothes, especially post Kuch Kuch Hota Hai. So maybe it was a sort of a reaction to that, that I've just been through this this whole decade of kind of processing this sort of cinema. Um, and, and, you know, Lagan had released just earlier that year. Dilchata had come out earlier that year. And I think now, over the years, when I see it, I just see how um, how pleasurable it is. So, you know, I think over the years, I just sort of started to delight in the outsizeness of it all. And I, I also understood that, you know, you can just watch movies just for the sheer pleasure. They don't always have to teach you something. They don't always have to make you a better person. Uh, sometimes you can just revel in the beauty and the emotions and the songs. Um, and, you know, uh, your father isn't alone because uh, Yash Johar, Karan's father, actually cracked open the German market with K3G. Uh, and one of the theories was that, uh, you know, this is the film that got Germans to just break down and start weeping. And it became actually <laughs> cathartic for an entire culture and a society because they all just wept and wept and wept. That's, that's so funny. So I feel like my dad will hear this and feel a little better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're so right that, you know, we respond to things differently at different times. We come back for different things. Um, it was also very interesting in the book. Uh, you spoke about Ham Dil De Chuke Sanam, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, I've watched it many times. And you spoke about, but you also spoke about problematic narratives. Um, yeah. And you said that a lot of these movies in the 90s, you know, they focus on... It's about the big Hindu family. There are things like Karwa Chauth, all of these sort of, you know, Sanskar, all of these things. But within that, within those narratives, there are certain things that are pushing the boundary. For example, Salman is this new kind of progressive male that hasn't been seen before. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, in Dostana and Kal Ho Na Ho, you've seen same-sex representation, even though it's in a problematic narrative. Uh, but I wanted to know, you know, even if these problematic narratives can push the fold, isn't that problematic in itself? 
the thing is, you know, uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and the truth is that we did not know better. Uh, we are all evolving. We are all learning. Uh, we are all kind of figuring out that what is what is okay, what is insensitive, uh, what kind of portrayals are deeply disturbing uh, and and insensitive and hurtful. Uh, so you know, to now with a lens of twenty twenty two to look back at these movies which were made thirty or twenty five years ago and say, well, this was wrong, that was wrong, uh, and sort of crucify storytellers, I think is is itself problematic. Uh, you know, see, a film brings and comes from its time. A film speaks to its time. This was the time, and what we can do is is recognize that. Look, hey, we were wrong. This is probably not the way we should have uh, portrayed this. conversation but the fact that karan was even willing to portray this conversation at a time when nobody else was to be is is amazing because at least he nudged mainstream audiences to think that okay this this can be and yes of course in that film it was completely a source of comedy and of course they were not uh, in a relationship but you know it it was like again just baby steps uh were they the right baby steps were they the wrong baby steps i mean, we can continue to discuss that Um, but you know, he brought it into the narrative at least. You know, remember that line that something is better than nothing. So <laughs> it's like you know, even if people are having a conversation, at least they are having a conversation about it. Exactly, yeah. and it was a very different world then. You know, we we cannot sit in the world we do today with Twitter and uh, uh, you know all these kind of instant feedback mechanisms, social media, and and kind of say, but why didn't we do this in two thousand and eight or two thousand and seven, whenever that film was made? Uh, I, that doesn't work. I, I think sort of uh, uh, you know cancellation retroactively is just it's a fool's game. And and you know uh, I really want to know uh, you know for example how do you keep up with so much content that's coming out nowadays? So I'm really curious because you know uh, just at the end of 2021 when I was just trying to you know keep a track of what I've watched in a year, I honestly I just got exhausted thinking about the number of things I've watched. You know so. I want to know firstly how do you keep up with so much content secondly how do you decide which film or which show to critique you know uh, i i'm just uh i i i have to say i am partial towards films uh and so i films i'm indiscriminate i will watch uh, hindi cinema like the worst the worst i will have seen it <laughs> somehow somehow i have the patience to sit through the so so Sit through unwatchable Hindi movies, uh, but with shows, I have a little less patience because I think because I'm older, I have a very keen sense of the passing of time, and I just feel like I can't give you eight hours of my life if you're not worth it. Uh, so, so with with shows, I really practice a criticism of enthusiasm, if you will. Uh, and when I'm told by one or two people that look, this is really good, you should check it out, I will go ahead and see it. Uh, but with movies, I I don't know why I can't tell you why this is, but I'm just uh, I don't know. I, somebody was saying that you're just a sucker, aren't you? And I really am. <laughs> I can watch anything um, in in two or three hours. I feel the same way. Sometimes I'm appalled at the stuff I watch on Netflix. Uh, okay. But the last question is that you know it's very fascinating. Um, I'm Michelle is also fascinated by people's journeys and the creative. Um, Community that they're surrounded by, and you are surrounded by some very creative people. So your parents have been in the film industry. Your husband is in the film industry. 
your brother is a writer your daughter is a writer so how has your family uh, influenced your creative journey you know i think by kind of spurring me on so uh, when i and in fact the book is dedicated to my parents uh, who like i say in that dedication uh, did not you know they were a little stumped by my decision to be a bollywood journalist uh, at that time that was not an aspirational vocation at all uh, and you know i had i i went to northwestern university i got a masters in journalism i worked in new york for a year uh, at harper's bazaar magazine so none of that uh, led in their head to a career covering hindi cinema you know they for, for them it was just like and i came back from america in the early 90s when when there was no um, reverse brain drain nobody came back from america at that time you know so uh, the thing is but they never they never sat me down and said this is a problem or are you sure you want to do this uh, they encouraged me they questioned it very mildly very mildly but once they knew that i've made up my mind it was uh, you know they encouraged me they uh encourage me to go to america to get an education uh, we come from a very middle class family we did not have the money uh, i went on scholarships you know so it's it's that it's it's people just telling you that yes you can do it and go try you know when i first went to the us i lived with my brother uh, who was already at a you know at a uh, residency there a writing he was doing his masters in creative writing so it's things like that my sister and i lived together when i worked in new york i think there's just a there's a unsaid support system that uh, kind of spurs you on uh, and that is really what what my family has done uh, i remember when i wrote my book on shole my brother was my first reader i'd never written a book before and i was really really stressed i i, I not even, i mean i can't even say stressed and that i was just confused i didn't know what went into writing a book um, but he read every chapter and and gave me feedback and and uh, you know so it's it's things like that uh, that have really shaped my journey oh that's really heartwarming actually i mean and i think initially you know every parent i think at least most parents are critical of their children's choices right they worry about okay what's going to happen and i think especially if it is you know to do with the arts right be it writing or be it films or whatever but we are glad that it all you know worked out and okay so that brings us to our last rapid fire round which is uh, i think the most exciting because you know you don't get time to think so you just have to pick one word or respond in one word okay okay all okay. right so the first one is entrepreneur or critic critic one film that you would rewatch again and again shole one film that you would recommend for the dialogues alone mughle azam interviewing or watching a film oh man that's a tough one i can't choose i love it i love them both adaptations that have done justice to the book Oh that's a tough one too. Uh wow, I'm trying to think. Um Prisoner of Azkaban, Alfonso Cuarón's film. That was a great one, yeah. It was a great one and I love I love um I I fell in love with the Harry Potter books back when you had to wait a couple of years, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I have waited for each book and find and and you know um It, it it was such so much more exciting than i tell my daughter who's a massive harry potter fan that it was so much more fun than you guys who got all the books at once your yeah, waiting was so much fun okay so yes. ma- mommy or can oh that's a tough one you're just you know now you're just getting me into trouble <laughs> um both both really i want them both always 
you still get starstruck very very rarely uh, but yeah i do yeah i think that this is great and wonderful i mean so many insightful answers thank you so much for your time i really learned a lot and and big fan of you thank you thank, thank you. you so much ladies That was quite a conversation Tara because you know I've been following her interviews and reviews for so long and I can't believe that we just spoke to her I love how she engages with every artist in a very creative way and that did come across in our conversation right Yeah it is and it's so sort of it's so interesting to talk about stories in different formats mm. but that's something that you know is the need of the art and that's something that we're so into nowadays and coming to that you know there is a content boom out there we can't deny it and we know how important and difficult it is to get noticed in this content boom so as i mentioned in the intro we offer various book marketing services for the books that we really love so if you are interested in reaching out to us and figuring out you know if we can be of help to you then uh, you will find more details in our show note but for now Thank you for listening. Yeah, don't forget to follow us for creative content. We are at Bound India on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with another awesome guest.